Hello and welcome to the Battle College Podcast. This is episode number 17, recorded 325-2014. That's March 25th, 2014. Um, tonight, thank God you're here. Thank God I'm here. I, I know the date. Um, it's It's been a long and, and windy road tonight to get to recording this, but uh, hopefully we will, we will get through this podcast. Um, tonight we're... <laughs> what does it look like if we don't make it through? Silence forever. Anyways, we're going to be talking about something a little different. Um, I sort of started, Will got me interested in this podcast a while ago called LARPcast, and it's mostly about Nero, and sort of got me onto looking at this other LARP called Alliance, and tonight we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Alliance. They're a Colorado-based LARP, well, they're, they have a Colorado chapter, and we're going to sort of talk about some of the differences between Alliance and IFGS tonight. Isn't that right, Will? That is right. And uh, to do that today, we have two very special guests. That's right, two very special guests. Um, the first is Joelle Paxton. Hello, Joelle. Hi. And the second one is uh, an old friend of the show. And by that, I mean he's been a friend of the show a short amount of time, but he is old. Uh, Jeff Lotz. Hi. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into the main topic, let's uh, talk about what's been going on with us and IFGS lately. Um, writing, let's, let's talk about that, because that seems like maybe one of the bigger things right now. What's, what's been going on? Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> you, you are pretty much my um, writing partner. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, let's see. So we've worked on three writing projects here in the last uh, little bit. The first one was uh, Back to the Pass, which is a... Um, sequel to the oldie but oldie Sable Pass. Um, and then uh, we worked on a second game, which is called... What was the second game we worked on? Triad. Triad, uh, which is tri called Triad. For some reason, I was thinking that was the third one. Um, oh, well, it is. And then the third one, the, the name is sort of the issue, right? Yes, the third one you'll have to say, because I can't even... So it's called Tumi Tutnik, and uh, what it is is we... So why do you keep calling it Tumi Tutnik? It's T apostrophe U-M. Because <laughs> you changed the name on me. Oh, that's uh, right. <laughs> so what had happened was a long... So we, we were doing our sanctioning meeting, and we'll talk to this about this a little bit with Jeff. Jeff can chime in on this. And we were talking about the 2014 schedule, and there was a spot sort of in the center of the, the summer that we didn't have a game. And so Jeff said, oh, I'm, I might be interested in running something, but it would have to be something like Tomb of Tempest. And Tomb of Tempest was a sort of a small game, two teams, um, really easy to produce around uh, Will's clubhouse. And so we went to Will with that. Will said, hell no, we're going to write you something new. I started going through the archives, and I found this game that I had started 10, 11, 12 years ago with Gia, called Tomb Tutnik. And it was uh, an Egyptian-themed game. Um, and so... Will looked at it and he said, oh, interesting idea, but I hate that name and I hate your plot, so we'll keep the general theme, but um, we will uh, change it around and give it... Yep. There was a plot? <laughs> yeah, there actually was. I don't think you read that far into the game. Did you, ever, did you even look at the original game? I think so. Oh, okay. So um, it's called Tum Tutnik. I think that's it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to call it Tumi Tutnik. Probably I won't really get away from that. So anyways, uh, we've been writing that, and that one's not in sanctioning yet. Um, but it's we've got mostly a, the plot encounters done, I think. And it's yeah. it's going to go, come together really quickly, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. So I think that's all of the writing. We had thought about doing another game much, much later in the season, 
Um, but um, I'm not sure we're going to be doing that at this point. We're certainly not working on it. Right yeah. Now. You know, the Sweet Cecile, Jonathan backed out of uh, producing. He, his real life is sort of getting to him. So it might be that I pick up that and produce that instead of writing this other game where it, it sort of depends on what we need and sort of how we feel. Three games is, is a lot for us to do already. To add a fourth is, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sanctioning. How's sanctioning going for you, Mike? Good. We uh, had a sanctioning meeting. It was very productive. We talked about sort of loosening some of our grip on sanctioning games, making it a little bit easier to get games through, and I think we're already seeing some of the fruits of that. Um, the main thing we worked on is putting together the, the 2014 calendar. It's a little later than I would have liked, um, but the dates are pretty firm, and about half the games are in sanctioning, so that's pretty good. Um, okay. I think a couple games from Norman that are still lagging behind in a game of Rays that we hope to get into soon. But All right. Jeff, you doing any sanctioning? Um, no, not well. I guess we, we did the turn on um, Back to the Pass. Went so, very quick, right? Yeah, and, and, that was, and it was a great, great game, smooth sailing all the way around, so I think it's pretty much good to go. And so um, now that that's off my plate, I don't know. I don't have anything on sanctioning at the moment. Nice. Yeah. Um, FRC. FRC. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Rules Committee. Society level committee that you and Jeff are both part of, and Joel and I are not, thankfully. How's that going? <laughs> Yay! Yay! Um, yeah, I mean, FRC stuff is happening, and I am continuing to try and take my Ritalin, my Adderall, and my blood pressure medicine. Good. And, um, yeah, uh... There's some friction between the FRC and the SSC, which is the Society Sanctioning Committee. Um, And, yeah, we won't talk about that. I heard some interesting stuff from Peter Sartucci about all that, that Mm. we are doomed to repeat history. Um, Let's see, and then as far as the FRC goes, we're trying to get... April 1st is the deadline for people to apply to become members of the FRC. Uh, for our new iteration, and uh, that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, we need to. I've only seen two applications, I think, so far. Yeah, we've had we've had three people express interest, but only two have have uh, given us back the questionnaire. Right. Um, the third, I'm pretty sure, is waiting until after the board meeting this Thursday, hmm. um, before he moves forward. Um, so. And if we get this up before the first and you're interested in the FRC, please check out Facebook. There's lots of posts on how to get your interest there. You'll have just a day or two, but hopefully... FRC at IFGS.org. Yep. And if it's after April 1st when we get this up, sorry, too bad. (laughs) You missed it. You should have been paying more attention. We didn't want you anyway. So let's talk about production for a second. Um, Ramping up on Back to the Past, we've got some good ideas. Starting to get the props list together. Actually, the props list is done. We're starting to divide it up at this point, right? Sure, yeah. Yep. And um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be easy. It's one of our shorter pop props lists that we've had, so I think production is not going to be too too hard. It does have one big production set piece that we have not figured out how to do yet. Um, so that's something we need to keep an eye on. But Yep. And we don't have a site yet. We're looking at... Um, mm-hmm. Friends Lang group right now. We're going up probably next week or the week after, I think. Week after next. And uh, probably going to take a look at that one weekday and sort of see see how it looks. Yeah. So, um, 
I'm in quarter, I'm in counter coordinating Sable Pass uh, for Jonathan, which is sort of fun. So I'm in charge of the encounter. So encounter coordination, if you don't know what that is, basically you give it to a person and they sort of take care of all the production so the producer doesn't have to worry about it. It's uh, really great for producers to have encounter coordinators. If anyone's interested, I, I uh, support you volunteering. And so Jonathan asked me what I wanted to do and, and came up with some ideas and basically I'm going to run with it and hopefully he doesn't have to worry about it. I've got my NPCs and props and take care of all that. Yeah. All right. And then Tumtaknik. Uh, yeah. Mostly yeah. <laughs> pretty much production for Tumitatnik is is much the same as uh, production for the the uh, stage version of Real Genius. So uh, everyone look forward to that. <laughs> That's a very good analogy. Ice yeah. that dissolves. We haven't written the second to final encounter yet, so I'm pretty sure it's going to have a whole bunch of popcorn in it. Lots of popcorn. Yeah, that's popcorn that's and lasers. The only way to go. Pretty much. Yes, and of course the uh, the key phrase to get through the unopenable door at the end will be, "Can you put a nine-inch <laughs> spike through a board?" Right, in an interesting fashion. Yes, exactly. And, and, yes. and of course the final boss is someone standing on a pyramid in sun god robes. Yes, you have to throw little pickles at them. Yep, to defeat them. Yep. Um, so we sort of went over the upcoming games, Sable Pass uh, happening in May, May 18th, Back to the Pass uh, happening in early June, uh, June 8th, uh, I believe, uh, Triad happening in early July, or sorry, not Triad. No, no. Um, Triad's early, late April. Tumitotnik yeah. happening early July, and Triad will be happening at the end of April, we just need to firm up some dates of that as well. Yep. Uh, triad, for those of you who are interested in playing, um, you can't, but thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a mini quest uh, to, to finish up some plot hooks that were sort of left around from last season that we want to sort of move forward with the plot. We need to resolve these things. So it's a mini game for them. So it should be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anything else I have to Joelle, anything I have to Nope. Uh, we have the thing this weekend, but that won't matter. Oh, it's a good point. We're going to go to the Mammoth Lacrosse game and uh, staff a, a table oh, yeah. and... Uh, watch a game, and there might be some fighting on the field with some folks afterwards. <laughs> there might be some fighting on the field, and then after the game, IFGS may also fight on the field. <laughs> That's true. Great. Yeah. Well, okay, well, let's get into our uh, main topic. And uh, so we're going to talk about Alliance. So first of all, Will, what is Alliance? Well, I think Webster's Dictionary defines Alliance to be... <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> so, Very nice. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the um, so Alliance is actually it's it's an offshoot of Nero. Um, Nero started up in the uh, in the in New England. Uh, that's the N E part of Nero, and uh, oh. it's a style it's a style of gaming that is significantly more popular than. Uh, the IFGS style, which Jim Butcher called the haunted house style, um, in that basically what they do is they have weekends, and in a weekend you camp in a cabin. You're basically in character from 10 p.m. Friday to sometime in the afternoon on Sunday. Um, it is a much more world course sort of feel. They run modules with which with whatever NPC. It's sort of a Valadium for vibe, uh, for those of you who know what that is. Um, and since I think Brandon is probably the only person who knows what that is who actually listens to this show, um, 
it means that there's sort of a central town and then there's things that happen off of town and you go out into the wilderness and help farmers and get attacked by goblins and but you are you are always in character there's shops that are run by other PCs there are um, production that can be done other, other by done by other PCs. They can be making armor. They can be making potions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, noble houses maybe run by PCs. Would they have their own cabin? They'll camp together. They'll be in character the entire time. They'll put up wards on their own cabin. You know, things like that. Um, the the writers are actually, as I understand it, writing during the game. So as the PCs do things in game, uh, they will be writing encounters to sort of go with that. Does that make sense? Um, you know, you instead of killing off the mean the, the goblins that were threatening the farmer, you instead you save them all and send them back home. And then the writers will add in the next encounter where the goblins come and want to talk because they've never seen anyone that nice before. You know that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's I mean that's the general way that alliance works. Um, you know, there are a bunch of other differences, but. It, it is multiple mods, always in character. Uh, no we real long events. Yeah, no real teams per se. Right. Um, you you pick up your teams as as you find out what you're supposed to go do. Yeah, and I, and I'm not sure you I'm not sure you so much find out who your team is as make a team and go. You know. Right. Right. That's what I meant. Um. So yeah, that's 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 kind of how Alliance works. The, the interesting thing is it seems like here in the United States there's sort of been three offshoots of LARPing. Four if you count SCA. So there's been like this Nero lineage and it seems like a lot of LARPs, and it, and it was something before Nero even, but LARPs sort of grew out of that and a lot, a lot of them for that. There's IFGS which sort of went down its own narrow path and it feels like, and then AmpGuard and Dago here and all those are sort of like the third triad of LARPing here in the, the United States. The foam sports, yeah. Yeah, I mean there's some others like you know Nordic LARPs and things like that that have come over from, from Europe, but this is this is one of the big offshoots off of that Nero uh, sort of tree. Where would yeah. you put things like the um, the vampire masquerade games? Oh, I think that's something totally different. I think you're right. That yeah. would be that would probably be its own genre sort of lineage of. Yeah, I think that's called like story t- storytelling LARP. Oh yeah, that I have heard that term used before. Yeah. So they roll dice for their their fighting. No, most of it's actually um, a very complicated form of rock paper scissors. No, not anymore. No, not anymore. Oh, they now roll dice. Ten-sided dice. You have to bring ten-sided dice with you. Uh huh. (laughs) You know, IFGS used to have dice. Yes. No. Archery. For archery, yeah. Oh yeah. It wasn't a die though. It was. I'm pretty sure it was a D20. Pull pull bag or something. No, no, that was that was after that. No. Didn't you didn't you have a bow, Will, that had a little slot for a D20 so you could shake it? A little, yeah, a little D10, yeah. Yeah. And in a transparent little container, you could just shake the bow to see what you hit. Yep. It was kind of like a magic eight ball. Yes. <laughs> so since this answer might be the same for all of you, I'm not sure, but I'll start with this. How did you guys hear about Alliance? Mike? Mike. Um, I don't know. LARPcast. <laughs> LARPcast. Yeah, I, heard it, I heard, it about, heard about it on the March 25th, 2014 podcast. That I was listening. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, this is more of a question for me. So That was a great show, but there's a real shocker at the end. Ooh, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. Cliffhanger. No, so last year I was looking around at other LARPs in Colorado, like I do every once in a while, and uh, we were looking. Yearning for the fjords. <laughs> Yearning for the fjords. No, I, I we're, we're looking at um, Leora's LARP. What was that called? 
Uh, Leora's was Crusade of Legends. Crusade of Legends. So Brandon and I went up and, and checked it out. It, you did? Uh, yeah, we went up one day and checked it out. We told you about this. You did? I'm sure we did. <laughs> at breakfast one morning. Anyways, we went up and it uh, it just wasn't quite for us. It didn't have quite the amount of fighting that I was sort of looking for in a LARP. But you know, I always look around at what we can do. You know, because we're so busy with production in IFGS, sometimes it's fun to go and just oh, let's go try out this LARP or see what these people are doing that we can learn from. And so I had found Alliance, but Alliance was a Kickstarter at that point and hadn't really been going. So some this guy Jesse sort of like trying to raise money so he could start up his chapter here in Colorado. And at that time, when I looked, there were no events on the schedule. Um, so I sort of put it behind me. And then the Knights of Badassdom event happened. And I noticed that Alliance, someone said Alliance was there. They were there in lots of costumes. So I started checking it out on Facebook and, and found it on Facebook. So that's how I heard about it. Um, and then I noticed, then I went and checked out the calendar to see when they had like fighter practice and events and things like that. So. Yeah, that was actually, I think, I think you're right. That's where I noticed it too is... Um, Someone mentioned because of our enormous publicity failure at uh, at Knights of Badastum that if we didn't get our butts in gear, everyone was just going to go play Alliance. And then I noticed that the person who had arranged it was actually a part of the Alliance Facebook group. Um, and I was like, oh, I wonder what they're about. So, so what was your guys' first reaction when hearing about this other LARP? Meh. Meh? Why meh? Because it's yet another LARP that, I don't know, I'm a little down on LARPs right now. Why? Because I burned out on IFGS. Oh, fair enough. I, I was quartermaster and was helping with lots of games and other things. So you, so you basically looked at Alliance and said, oh great, something else that they're going to need my help doing stuff and I don't want to do anything. Yes. Got it. And, and something else that will take your husband away from me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> For an entire yeah. weekend this time. Yeah, not just not just one day or part of, you know, two days. It's, yeah. Jeff, what about you? What, what, do you, what do you think about it when you first heard about it? One. So, Jeff, what about you? What was your first reaction when hearing about Alliance? Well, I think I was just mostly invited to the fighter practice, so I didn't really know what to expect, but I figured going out and swinging foam is always fun, so, and I, I'm a sort of rules junkie, so I like to see what other people's <laughs> rules look like. So, yeah, so I was just mostly going to sort of see what it was like and, and check it out. Cool. Yeah, the fighter practice... I didn't know anything about it. The fighter practice, I mean, I, I, I'd forgotten, to, like, I hadn't even seen you in a couple, like, a week or two weeks, and, and so you texted me on Saturday saying, hey, you going out for a run today? Right. Uh, and or, or something like, or tomorrow, yeah, you said, are you going out running for tomorrow? I'm like, no, I'm going to this fighter practice. You want to go to that instead? And you're like, sure. Yeah. And just, you ended up sort of showing up. It was sort of last minute. Yeah. Oh, so Jeff, Mac asked if you liked the color purple a lot. <laughs> Why did he ask that? Because you're using a purple short weapon. And the first time you came out was that you were in a purple shirt? That's true, oh, you were in a yes. boxing shirt, yeah. Yes, I gotcha, right. I'm sorry, I thought you meant a different Mac. <laughs> yeah, I thought she did. Yeah, she switched over from using Mac to mean Dave Mac, which is what it actually means, to actually someone named Mac. <laughs> we yeah. had a discussion about that in the car after the first fighter practice we went to. Oh, okay, good. So we'll, okay, so, oh, so um, for both of you, and I'm, Mike, you're invited to as well, although you know you're not a guest. So, um, what what was your first impression like as far as how you were treated, how what you saw, that kind of thing? Like, 
Go ahead, Ellie. Okay. Uh, uh, they were really nice, but uh, uh, to use an amp guard term, they were a little flurvy too. So, but they oh, were you're very nice. have to explain what that means. I mean, uh, you know, for um, all the non-amp guard listeners to the podcast, which is all of them, by like the way. Do I have jesters know the word flurby? Maybe over... No. Okay. Uh, I mean, they were even more role-play than IFGS. I don't know how to exactly explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, overly enthusiastic role-play, maybe. Because it was a fighter practice, and there was some of them in their gear. And I get, like, wanting to play in the, in the same gear, practice in the same gear, but some of them were sort of in their costume stuff. I gotcha. How about you, Jeff? Um, yeah, people were very nice, and um, I was there was a nice crowd. So that that was fun. It was a good size of people there, people fighting and stuff. And then certainly when it um, at that first one, actually both of them that I've been to, um, they had sort of a little mini session about like you know here's let's talk about some basics, or you know here who wants to do magic? Let's talk talk to people who want to do magic over here and that kind of thing. And, and so it was a nice little sort of half an hour of talking through basic rules and how, how things work. And um, So that part felt certainly felt very welcoming. And yeah, and then the, the fighting was, was fun and, and action-packed. And so yeah, it was, it was a nice first impression for sure. Very We're friendly. Enthusiastic. enthusiastic. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, cool. I sort of felt the same way. I, I showed up and at least two people sort of pulled me aside to teach me the fighting rules, which was nice. So one person did it, then someone else like made sure that, you know, they were just, they didn't think, they didn't, or hadn't heard me go through that, so they wanted to go through it again with me just to make sure I understood it, which was great. And I felt like they did a good job sort of explaining the rules in chunks, so they didn't, they didn't explain too much all at once. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I agree. And then we did some fighting, and we sort of like played around with those concepts, and then they might have said something else, and yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Will, you went out the week before we did. That's true. Before. How was it for you, your first one? Well, so, um, so it wasn't quite as welcoming to begin with. I mean, I felt like I had to sort of step in and say, like, hi, I, I'm here and I don't know anything about you. Can you talk to me? <laughs> um, yeah, I think I benefited from the fact that Mike was already there and fighting people when I arrived, so. Sure. Yeah. Um, and but in general they were really nice. Everyone took opportunities to sort of tell me things and show me things, and they were just really just very welcoming and kind, and um, that was all really nice. So um, yeah, so it was a very good first impression. Cool. Um, and I, I wanted to say I think I also think it feels like there is a lot to their rules system, um, but it feels like a very sort of down-the-rabbit-hole kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like you can sort of go f- for a long time knowing Tier 1 rules, and then you need Tier 2 rules, and then you need Tier 3 rules, whereas it feels like in IFGS there's a certain amount of, like, I need to know everything. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, certainly the idea that, that there's a lots of different levels of what you might need to know in their system, and that you don't need that to sort of be, you know, to be active in your first battle that involves sort of low-level people is, yeah, yeah, I totally sure. agree. I still don't know IFGS rules completely, so. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, Nobody does. The other Nobody interesting does, 
so the thing that sort of struck me uh, a little weird, which I don't know why it did, but they so they have an owner uh, in their chapter, and it's sort of like the the chapter president, but it's it's more than that. I think he's he signs a contract with the Central Alliance. That yeah, it's a franchise system. Yeah. Exactly, and so I. You know, I think I don't know why, but I sort of expected the owner to be there at practice, and and he did show up. Uh, but it's not the normal thing. Like he just sort of showed up because he wanted to. But it was a player-run fighter practice. Like most everyone there were players. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a few people that play NPCs or that might be on the plot committee. But for the most part, uh, these were just players that wanted to get together, and it was pretty well organized for that. Like I sort of expected it more to come from the owner. Um, and so that yeah, was and the, the the week the week that I went before you guys, he wasn't there at all. Hmm. Right. Yeah, it feels like they have a little bit of a formula for their fighter practices now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And they, Although, they, they discussed what they were going to introduce each each week, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. I was sort of hanging around the people, the NPCs at one point, and they were sort of deciding which effects they were going to show us without blowing us away with a whole bunch of things. Nice. But, yeah, it seemed very smart. So... I, I think the fighting style was different than IFGS, and, and for those of us that have played AmpCard, maybe a little different than AmpCard. What, what was your guys' feeling about the fighting style? Not so much the, the rule system. Well, I, so I, I think I don't think it's that different than IFGS in a lot of ways. I think maybe in the, the more experienced folks that are there, but you know, I think there's a lot of folks that are not long-time LARPers that, are at, that were at the practice. And so for them, I think you know, I had sort of basically the same impression as I do fighting somebody who's been doing IFGS for a season or, or something like that. So it didn't strike me as that different from the novice perspective, of course. The more experienced folks, it's definitely a little different in terms of, um, uh, the, you know, weapons are a little shorter, action gets a little bit closer in some sense. Those are the kinds of things I noticed. They're much heavier into, like, no touching. So... Then... Either. IFGS or AmpGuard. I mean, okay. I know IFGS, some some chapters have, you know, a no-touchy rule, but uh, Denver is very much so not that way. Um, so, but it, they are really into the non you know, of course they have the no-charging rule, but then they also have, like, a turtling rule and um, some other things that sort of keep you from being quite so close combat. I also noticed that their shields were better at sort of pushing you away from them. Huh. Fighting a, an experienced fighter. Interesting. Will, what about you? What was your impression? Um, well, to me, it felt somewhere between IFGS and AmpedGuard. Um, I felt like I could swing a lot faster. Um, part of that was just that the weapon, the weapons that you're able to make are much lighter than IFGS weapons. Um, I mean, they're closer to the... Certainly the ones that that I had that day were much closer to AmpGuard Ultralights, um, which meant I could swing faster, I could swing harder. Um, It felt like... It did feel like there was a little bit more distance, I mean, certainly than AmpGuard, and that there was a little bit more care taken than IFGS as far as, you know, you can't come up on people too fast or whatever, but... Yeah, for the most part, it just felt like IFGS that I got to do a lot faster than normal. <laughs> Which, <laughs> why is that funny? I don't know. It just makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly enjoyed it. And, and the interesting thing, so shields have to be smaller than IFGS or AmpGuard. 
-hmm. So I, I found that shields were not quite as good as Amp Guard or IFGS, especially IFGS. Like, it's a little bit more limiting uh, on them. But I I definitely went back into Amp Guard mode away, away from IFGS fighting. Like, I don't feel like I fight very much the same uh, playing Alliance. And I, I fight a lot like Amp Guard. I don't fight like IFGS, and they're very distinct styles. I don't know, those, those of you guys that have fought me at Alliance, I don't know, maybe you guys saw that or not. But it just my whole mentality, there was sort of a click back to Amp Guard that I didn't have before. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite know why that happened. I certainly agree that, that I sort of saw that occur. But, again, the, the action didn't seem that different to me, so I'm not quite sure where that comes from. But, yeah, I'm not sure. Part of it might have also had to do with just the pure numbers. Yes. You know, no, that, I actually think that's very much it. You know, you're, you're not fighting team of six, five, team of five, you know, against yep. four or five. You're fighting, you know, a group of... 20 against a group of 15. Right. Um, and that very much changes. Yeah, so I actually think that's right. I think it may have been more of a tactics switch inside your guys' heads rather than an uh, actual fighting style switch. Sure. Wep weapons were also a little shorter. Everyone yeah. had shorter weapons. In IFGS, I feel like I need to play more, more of a range game because the yep. weapons are a little bit longer. Um, also, you know, I don't know it seemed like you could take a lot more hits in this game than IFGS. I'm not sure if it actually works out <laughs> the map that way, but it feels that way. Well, um, definitely. I mean, and not you don't have any you don't have limbs to lose. That's that's the real difference. Is I'm not sure you can take the same. I'm not sure if you can take more hits before you fall down, but you never lose a limb. Let's so talk about that. Yeah. So amorphous body points. So you yeah. basically have one big pool, and it doesn't matter where you get hit. You take off that pool. How did you guys feel about that? What do you guys think? I think it made it easier in some ways. I wasn't keeping track of multiple numbers. I mean, nothing's as yes. easy as the amp guard, but I, it was easier than IFGS because I wasn't keeping track of multiple sets of numbers. It was just yeah, one, I, one pool. Yeah, I agree that it's it's definitely easier. Okay. But it also gives this weird perception of like I am equally as effective at one hit point or one life or one body point as I am at twenty or whatever it is. Like like there's no. Like there's no gradation. There's no wounds. There's yeah. no nothing. You just go from fully effective to dead or unconscious. Yeah. Will any thoughts about it? Well, I mean, the only one for me was that, you know, I, I remember moving from Amp Guard back to IFGS and thinking, like, holy tarnation, I need to just beat on people forever for them anything to happen, <laughs> right? And that's not, not quite true, because especially in 7.0, right, you can snipe an arm, you can snipe a whatever, and it takes one or two hits, right? Um, but then going then from IFGS to Alliance, where if you hit someone in the arm or the leg or the body, it doesn't matter, like, I definitely felt like, I was just like, I just have to keep going. Like, there's no, there will be no end. <laughs> just, I'm going to just keep thumping this person until the end of time, and it's not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that's, I mean, it's just pure perception, because of course, you know, after 10 hits or whatever, they're probably, or 20 hits, they're going to go down. But, but because there is no gradation, and because there are no hit zones, I really did, there were a couple people where I was just like, thump, 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 come on, thump, thump, nothing, thump, thump, thump. why yes. am I here? Um, <laughs> And and like I noticed, 
at one point, Jeff was playing a wizard type, and he disarmed a guy right in front of me. And I'm like, ha-ha! And so I, I'm like, well, I could either try and throw this guy's shield away, or I could just cut him down before he picks it up again, which is five seconds. I thumped on him for five seconds, and then he picked his shield up. I was like, damn it, I have chosen poorly. Um, but it was, yeah. Yeah, I, so I do think that it modifies... I mean, this is this could be culture, or it could be a side effect of the rules, but it, it seemed like it did modify the reactions of the people I was hitting. And this is, and this is I'm mostly thinking of the veterans, right? Um, is that they they would occasionally acknowledge, like say, got it, which I appreciated that they were at least letting me know that that they knew I'd hit them. But there was there was no there seemed to be no role playing of like I don't want to be hit again, you know, or like that sure. hurt or anything like that. And so you definitely had that sense of. I, I, there's an invisible meter, and every hit I every hit reduces it, but I have no idea where it is. And at some point, they may just stop, or they may turn and kill me. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I liked that uh, it opens up more shot zones than IFGS. Again, you know, IFGS yes. it's, it's really sort of useless to hit the body. Right. It, you want to go for arms and legs, and that's about it. Um, and so it was sort of nice. While while I do like to snipe arms and legs more more so than body, it was sort of nice that when I couldn't see anything else, I could try for the you know snap somebody around the back or or something else. There was one person I was fighting that I, I noticed like their leg was fairly open, so I just kept like sweeping the leg, uh, karate kid style, you know, just you know just kept whack whack whack, and uh, and 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 it was useful, you know, which I haven't had that experience, both in AmpGuard or IFGS. AmpGuard, you hit the leg once, they go down. IFGS, you know, you you not, you don't really want to go for their leg most of the time. So it was interesting just having that shot always be a good shot to me, mm-hmm. and it seemed a little cheesy. Like, I felt bad about doing that. I was just all like, oh, this is where I wish, like, you know, they had some sort of limb system, maybe. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is interesting to see the way the, the incentives shift when you, I mean, when really all you're trying to do is for example, make it more simple or, or more realistic or let you know or easier for new persons to understand. But the side effects are all these other incentives about how you hit people and where. Yeah, I, I had a the first time I was out, I had this one fight against um, one of their I would say better fighters. And you know, right at the end I was getting super tired. Like I was having trouble lifting my arm, my hands were hurting. It was I, I had obviously not fought in a really long time and we got into this sort of pattern where I was just, you know, arm, 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 and he was just tagging my legs, leg, leg, leg. And then we sort of pulled back, and I was like, oh, crap, those weren't even good trades. Like, I'm, I've am i been sitting here chopping at his arms, thinking like, ha-ha, sucker. But, um, yeah, no, it, it was pointless. So staying on fighting for just a second, and, and this is a question more for Jeff. So you got to try out Magic last week. In Magic, they use uh, a spell packet system. So AmpCard uses these big spell balls. IFGS is a, a verbal cast system. So for, for uh, Alliance, you use a small little spell packet. It's about an inch and a half in diameter. And you cast a spell and you throw it. What did you? How did that work out? So as a, as the delivery system... I, so I, I did, I guess, kind of funny. I felt like it was kind of a hybrid between IFGS and AmpGuard. So um, you may have to remind me if this is correct. But I believe in AmpGuard, you can charge a spell ball, and then you can run around and nail somebody with it. Correct. Totally. Yeah, okay. So so the casting takes a little bit longer, um, but it's usually done uh, sort of ahead of time. IFGS, the casting is live, but you don't have to hit anybody with anything. You just point at them and yell at them until they listen to you. There so, are packets in IFGS, though. 
There, there are a couple spells, packets, yep. for a few spells but most of the spells are not. And um, so this one was sort of an interesting hybrid in that you you said a very short phrase, which you could say while you're in motion, and then um, and then you had to hit somebody with a packet. So it certainly modified the range, although not as much as you might think, because just because of the sort of yelling effectiveness range <laughs> to some extent, but. It seemed like 20 feet was sort of the, like, if you, you, you want to throw right around 20 feet, that keeps you far enough away to be uh, to be safe, but also close enough that you're probably going to hit them. That's sort of what yeah. I noticed. Yeah. Well, like, especially with the spells. Go ahead, Ellie, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that it, it's, it's interesting that any spell can hit anybody. So even if they don't hit the person that you're meaning to hit... Um, Will, you're making all kinds of rustling noises. Yeah, sorry, I had something banging into my... <laughs> call it. Um, no. no, so you could, even if you didn't... I mean, there was more like Amp Guard in that way, that even if you didn't hit the person you meant to hit, you were still hitting somebody. It could bounce off of... Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would say, so they, they had to do the same thing with archery in terms of throwing these little packets, and I definitely saw archers taking much longer shots than spellcasters, because, like... Missing with a spell is like a major. You've you've wasted a major chunk of power. So I so I think people didn't want you didn't want to miss with spells, which meant that they're a little a little closer range than um, archery. Archery, yeah. Although the archery system, as Mike and I looked at it, the archery system costs you money every time you should fire an arrow. Hmm. Oh yeah. I had forgotten. Right. That's right. It costs like it's half a production point per arrow. Is that right? Well, it's yeah. yeah it's one copper per every two arrows. Yeah. And you start right. with 12 copper, so... 15, right? No, 12. 12, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, looking at their character creation rules, which I think most of us did, um, what what were your... Impre- they, they use a... I would call it a skill-based system, a point-by system. Um, they have different classes, but you know each of the skills is available to all the classes. Um, you just have to pay different amounts for them. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about the skill-based system rather than what we would call a class-based system, even though they have classes? I would say that it was, again, a mix of AmpGuard and IFGS. AmpGuard, if you wanted to, you could keep it really simple. Um, I was a big Warrior fan, so I only sure. had a couple of things that I had to pay attention to um, and keep it keep track of, whereas IFGS, I always feel like I... The, I I tend to oversimplify it, in fact. I, I tend to pick a few things and go, this is what I'm going to use today. Because sure. I can't keep track of everything. Um, and it frustrates me that I can't. So I kind of like that it was sort of in between, that you had, you're going to have a few abilities or you're purchasing, you know, what kind of weapon you can use. Um, and so, like, I'll probably start with well, probably no abilities. It'll just be my weapons. Right. Um, I, yeah, I, I find myself kind of torn in that I, I appreciate the idea that sort of anybody can learn any skill and it doesn't really matter what direction you've gone before. You could you can be a you know a high a, you know a mid career sword and board beat 'em up kind of person and, and go learn a little bit of healing. That you know there's no problem sort of going down that path. So I appreciate the flexibility and the customizability that comes with that. It certainly did feel like it was a little at the start a little a little overwhelming, although I guess once you get to know it, there aren't actually that many choices to make at the lower level. But yeah, I thought it was a I, I thought it was a fine uh, a fine method to go with. 
so they have races that you can be. Um, oh yeah. So races you 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 choose them in addition. Uh, you have to dress like the race. Like if you're an elf, you must wear ears, but you get some benefits and drawbacks. What did you guys think about that in regards to character creation? Did that was it something you liked? Was it something that you felt like didn't add a whole lot? Is it something you're interested in? I mean, just in general, the concept of it. So for me, I have to admit, I skipped the races entirely. I, I looked at them, I saw what you got, what you didn't get, and the, and the entire time I was looking through the races chapter the first time, all I kept thinking was, where are the humans? Like, I just... Um, and part of it is the... Master race, as they say. Yeah, part of it is just what you have, is just the dress-up requirement, right? Part of it is, I'm not that big on sort of non-classical races. Um, but... Uh, yeah, most of it was just like, I don't know, I just kind of want to be, I wanted to be more about something else, I don't know. I thought, yeah, so I had a sort of a split reaction, like on the one hand, I think I would be, it would, especially given the sort of time investment that I think you put into a character in Alliance, that I think you don't have a wide variety of characters, um, I probably would be a human for a long, long time before I really thought about doing something else. And that's mostly about how dedicated I am and willing to put on a special costume and makeup and ears or horns or those kinds of things. Um, so on a personal level, like it kind of pushed me away from races. But on another level, the idea that the, the trade-off for a little bit of in, more interesting variety, maybe some, maybe power, I don't know if it's actually more powerful or not, is that you have to really invest in making this character look like that race, and you have to roleplay that way. And I, I kind of liked the idea that we would have a situation where, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna trade game in-game quote-unquote power for out-of-game effort um, on roleplaying and that kind of thing. Uh, that was kind of neat. Well, I think that's the way it works with their armor too, right? Out-of-game effort translates to in-game power. Oh, so right. our armor, right? You, you're... Yeah. Your classes have a maximum, but you actually have to wear the armor to get it, at least a low level. So there's magical armor later. So if you want to get armor for your your uh, your knight, you wear chainmail, uh, which is sort of interesting. It's there's definitely a monetary cost. I mean, you can make some cheap armor, I think, but if you want to be a fighter, it seems like there's a little bit of a monetary cost there. They they do allow for micro mesh though, the the really the really lightweight chainmail, so that it, it's just it's more about if it looks good and is representative than it is. Um, anachronistic. Does micromesh mean sewable? No, it's the... Um, Just really super small welded steel rings. Oh, yeah, they look, gotcha. like, they look like the jewelry jump rings. Mm, okay. And you can... You would still make it yourself or you could buy them in sheets or whatever? Well, you can... Go. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the, most people say you buy it because it's got to be welded. It's so fine. Oh, I see. Buying the jump rings wouldn't really work, so you pay 150 bucks or whatever, and get it's it's a lot more. So for a suit for me, out of the black, not the silver, it was 450. Wow. Oh well, they were saying that the, uh, just a shirt, short sleeve, um, in a medium, I think was 150. Hmm. That short sleeve right medium. There. Yeah. Okay. So they're not a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I liked about them, this is something that, if I could bring one thing back to IFGS, 
this comes to mind as one of the options, one of the things that I think I just could benefit for, is you get extra armor points if you're completely in, uh, you're not, it's, it's, your costume is completely in genre. Yeah, so, anachronistic. Yeah, completely, yeah. Not uh, anachronistic, yeah. Uh, anachronistic. I like that. It, it sort of <laughs> I guess it's just anachronistic, right? Stop it. <laughs> gives an in- it gives an incentive to dressing up and looking the part, which I think is actually a really great incentive. Um, I know that's been talked about a little bit, and I've just recently, about trying to bring back uh, really cool costumes, both for PCs and NPCs, and maybe doing a costume award. And and I think that their incentive, I mean, at least I thought about it, and I was like, oh, maybe I should replace my shoes, my tennis shoes, and get, you know, black leather boots. And I never thought about that. I mean, seriously, in IFGS, I thought about it a little bit. But as soon as that I realized, oh, I could get extra points of armor, I was like, oh, it's worth the, the money to invest in that. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that the, they say that the, whatever you're wearing in the first game is what you get to come in with. You don't have to buy. Yeah. So, and then after that, you have to buy your full suits. So I'm right, actually, so. if I play, I'm going to wait until my full suit of armor is finished and then come in fully geared. So, so that's the downside, right, is that, it, that like, for example... I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to any of any of their upcoming events. But if I were able to make it to their upcoming events, I certainly wouldn't have time to make I think an appropriate set of equipment, especially if I wanted to play like a fighter. And so that would so the, the, what you're part of what you're saying is that that requirement is holding you back from joining the event. Oh, when it means you might that otherwise. I get to, it means I get to NPC. And oh yeah, I see what you're saying. And go up and level and sort of play it in a smart way and. Um, if I hadn't have had some snafus with my crap, I might have actually had my shirt done. So. Sure. It's a little bit of a bar, to en- bar to entry for newbies, though. I mean, it sort of pushes you away from it. A little. I, although, uh, certainly the idea that you can NPC, I, I had sort of forgotten that that would be a good option in lots of ways. So, uh, talking about newbies, uh, how, how newbie-friendly do you feel like this LARP is, maybe compared to IFGS? Like, learning the rules and, this, and the culture. W- what was your guys' sort of feeling there? I would say it was, uh, <laughs> they, they were welcoming. I mean, that was what we all said was they were welcoming and nice. So they're really enthusiastic and happy about newbies, and they want to teach you, and they'll take the time out to fight one-on-one with you. Um, I do think that, yeah, if, if you don't have a whole lot of money, then needing all of your armor the first time you come in could be a little prohibitive, um, or the, the event the events are a little expensive, but you can NPC for free. And you get fed, you get... Is that right? I didn't yeah. know that. You have to pay the, the 10 or $30, either the $10 um, trial package or the $30 of membership. for a year membership, but you gotcha. NPC for, for free. You just have to get up there. And, fact, and actually, after five NPCs, you get to PC for free once. Yes. Cool. And you actually get a, uh, you can get goblin points for taking poor college students up to events, giving NPCs a ride. <laughs> nice. Goblin points, they're, uh, they're basically their version of cap. It's the way to do, when you do service, you get, or, or donate something, you get um, goblin points that you can spend on either getting XP or, or, or something like that. Stamps, actually. It's yeah. goblin stamps. Well, no, in the rulebook, it's called goblin points. Oh. They call it goblin stamps, though. Yeah, but, but that actually is, is, brings us to a point that I that I, I found, and that was, I found the people and the culture very welcoming for novices, but I found the rules and the sort of unspoken rules and the sort of sub-rules very hard to get into. Yeah, right. 
like at no time, like having read through the rule book, which is something I am want to do, and and by no means am I bad at understanding rules. I didn't feel like I had my questions answered, hmm. and even after talking to people, it felt like, and maybe it's because it's a pretty new group. You know, it's only first through third level characters so far, etc. But there was a lot of sort of like, here's how things work. That's not how things work. Here's how things work. Like, uh, how do I do this? Well, sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can't do that. Like, right. Uh, and, I think and it's I found the new players. I think some of it's the new players for sure, because even even Jesse, the owner, was referring back to the rule book when we came up with questions um, to answer our questions. Right. And certainly, if you think of them as a group of people who have been playing this for two years, um, and if, if we took a, if we took a, some of our IFGSers that have been playing for two years and sort of said, "Okay, go be a good resource for people who want to, who are starting this game." I yeah, think there would be a lot of similar sort of floundering and like, oh, uh, I'm not, I haven't played that before. I'm not sure, you know, kind of thing. But but some of it didn't. I mean, maybe it was, but some of it didn't feel like just I don't know the answer. Oh yeah. Some of it actually felt like this is a judgment call or this is not really like defined or you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, I I certainly feel like the people were very novice friendly, very friendly to people who very. start and, and come out. But in a slightly different way, I felt like the it's not so much that the rule book was hard to read, although I, I agree it was hard to understand, was actually that I think the rules themselves are in a lot of ways not novice friendly. So so like one of the things that we haven't quite talked about but we mentioned is this idea of the goblin stamps slash points. Um, where and and one of the things you can do is you can actually essentially get XP for your character even a, even for events that you didn't come to. Right. And you do that by having goblin points that you've created. So if you've contributed to the chap to the group in some other way, you can then use that to earn experience even for an event you couldn't go to. And the side effect of that, or at least I think one of the side effects is that. So here's this group of people that we just met who've been playing for two years. Whatever level the character they're at we, coming in two years later, will never catch up. Yes, that seems true. And At least in IFGS, we have a catch-up mechanism. Cap can be spent to... You don't You don't need to make up for events. You can go above and beyond you know, with your cap and sort of catch up to other players, which we've done, mm-hmm. all of us, I think. Yeah. But, but you're right, in this game, no. you can't catch up. <laughs> well, and, and, even, and plus, and it's exacerbated by the fact that in IFGS, most people have several characters of different levels. Whereas right. I think that in Alliance you have one character that you play almost exclusively. And so that means that, that the, the catching up is not going to happen. Yeah, that, feel, that definitely feels true. Yeah, it's interesting. Will, did you have something that you wanted to, another question that you wanted to finish up with? Sort of. Well, it's not really a question. It was um, an observation, and I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Um, so it had to do with the point-by system. Um, Oh, that's what it was. So a really interesting thing that I noticed about building characters was that as I was going through trying to build a character, I I actually, like, made it at, like, seventh level, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 84 build points, like, what does that get me? What can I do? And I realized that the thing, like, the, the most exotic thing that I bought 
the weirdest thing that my character could do was dodge once per day. Um, <laughs> and I realized that something that I think is created perforce by the sort of the Nero uh, world course paradigm is that you you lose out on a lot of the abilities that IFGS has, which are the the detects, the wathets, the you know, there's a bunch of weird shit that people can do in IFGS that mostly needs a GM. Oh yeah. And all of this almost sorry, I didn't see anything in in the character creation rules that needed any outside help at all. Right? It was all me saying, like, I'm going to do this. Um, I'm now going to call 40 points of damage. I'm going to do this. That means the next thing doesn't affect me, right? None of it required mediation of any kind, any shape or form. So that's that's more like Amcard in a way. I mean, Amcard have reads. But... It is, and, and that's actually the, the exact conclusion I came to, is that the actual rules, at least, you know, up till... Seventh level, ninth level, somewhere in there, and the, and their levels go to forty and higher, yeah. just to be clear. But at least in those ten and lower sort of levels, um, it is in fact a combat system. Right. Yeah, I totally um, agree. Th there is also a production system, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the production system is certainly not a combat system. And then eventually you get like ritual magic and that kind of stuff, which does some other things. Yeah. But and again, you know, once again, requires well, I think they call them marshals, but it requires somebody like a GM right. to get to those. Yeah. Um, but you know, an IFGS like legend lore, uh, cultural lore, you know, people lore, savvy, um, savvy exactly, very you know, detect magic even. Yeah. Um, detect good evil. Like there are all of these things where you are asking questions about the world and about the game that simply don't. Translate. Yeah, you just can't do what, because you don't have a person that's specifically yeah. tagged to you, walking with you all the time. I don't um, know. There's, there's, they they offered up um, not suggestions, um, instances when that would work. If you picked like a craftsman skill and you said craftsman skill um, goblin lord, and they sure. might actually write that in, or they might actually give you that and be like, okay, now you know what tribes they are, who they're led by. Totally. That kind of stuff. So they do have some of that. Sure. But and it's not yeah, it's sort of pre-written. It's not implicit in the rules, though. The, you know, it's, it's they say this is an this has no in-game benefit, and if they want to, they can. They, you know, they add it in. But you're right. I mean, and and to a way, it makes the system seem a little less uh, fantasy-oriented. Definitely. Well, not fantasy-oriented, but less uh, magical. Less magical, yeah. L less of an amazing place, and more a little bit more mundane. I don't think that's actually true once you start playing. But the, but the my thought from the outside was that it was a little bit more mundane of a of a world. Yeah, I mean, they they do some really amazing, like the the way that their low level magic works, right? I loved it. It was so physical, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, pin. You can't move your right foot. Yeah. Uh, bind. You have to keep your hands touching your torso. Um. It, it was all really, you know... Sort of visceral and... Uh, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, there wasn't a lot of what I would call virtual overlay, right? You know, it's not like the vines are coming up and entangling you. It's not like... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like IFGS, especially at higher levels, right, 
when you get crazy stuff like overgrowth and dust storm, dust storm and animate tree and all sorts of weird crap. Um, it really does feel very, I guess, magical, right? Uh, the high fantasy is the yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I, I thought that was a really interesting because I remember when we were going through. I think it was the shift between GS two O and GS three O. The the big focus on that change was putting in stuff that wasn't just about the fight. Right. Right. Um, because it is really easy for all LARP abilities to become what is good in a fight. And I think that's something that IFGS does on the high end of moderately well. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it could do it better, but it definitely has a lot of stuff that is not combat-oriented that sort of adds to being a fighter or a ranger. Or a, you know, I can I can talk to the animals, I can find fresh water, I can... And, and no, you never, ever need it in-game. No one has ever used, like, find shelter. Um, so they're not... But, it's, they're, it's, it's like the spirit is there, but they weren't quite created in a way that makes them useful, or people haven't found a way to make them really useful in a day-to-day exactly. right. the spirit is definitely there. Like, this is part of what you do as a druid. It's not really about throwing lightning bolts. It's about your love of animals and your bond with them. Exactly. And then you happen to be able to throw lightning bolts if you need to. Right. Yeah. So the, the thing that... A comment on the magic system again. The, the thing that I was disappointed by, <laughs> that I that I struggled with IFS as well, was... Um, especially at low level, but I think this continues pretty steadily. A person who can throw magic can throw a tiny, tiny bit of magic, um, relatively speaking. Sure. And rather than being the idea, and I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I guess there's lots of fantasy books where that's exactly how magic works. You you don't see it at all until occasionally you see it and it does amazing things. Right. I mean, like, certainly, like, you know, Gandalf doesn't sling magic left and right, right? Well... But, but I, I really wanted, I, I was hopeful that their magic system would involve that, that idea that when you are good at magic, what you do most of the time in combat here, I'm talking about magic. Is yeah. Magic. That's what you do. That's what you sling. You can and, be a wizard all day. Yes. And, and that was totally absent, right? That's not the least bit true in, in this game. It's even, it's even less so here than it is in IFGS. Yeah, sure. I mean, in IFGS... You know, you're you are generally given enough spell points to make it through a day with some conservation, right? Well, yeah. Or I would think of it like in a typical battle in an IFGS game, I it is entirely expected that a, a magic using class will throw, let's say, three to five spells. That's that's a perfectly reasonable thing sure. to have happen, right? Whereas here you have you have three spells for 24 hours of play. Right. So, I mean, you you basically should never use a spell unless you really know that it's needed, or you just feel like throwing one for the fun of it. And and it doesn't. And if we were in the Gandalf sort of paradigm, right? Right. Where even at first level, you know, like, yes, I've only got three spells, but my damaging spells do twenty points of damage. Right. Yes, but the, when they hit, they go boom. Right. Yeah. Then you might go like, okay, um, you know, <laughs> great. Yes, I'll, I can, I'll do that. I can make that trade. Right. But when it's the trade of, I get to do 10 points of damage, which a warrior can do in five swings, yep. and then I'm out. Uh, yeah. 
So that was hard. That was disappointing for me as a lover of magic to see that not that not have been sort of how their system was built. Well, and especially it feels like for them, right? If they had a if they had a mage fire, right? Yeah. If they had a one point bolt that had a charge up that had a cast that was slightly longer than the normal cast. Yeah. It would be hard to imagine that would break things if you could do it all day. Yeah, it's, with the with the magic being so physical and with it and with it not doing yeah, exactly. A one-point bolt for free all day long, it seems very unlikely to, to be something that would break the system. And I get the sense that wands so, might be that at higher levels, but you don't have that at lower levels. You don't get that till much, much later before you have enough charges in your wand, and it's cheap enough that you're you're using it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be working on Alliance AAP version 1.0 this weekend. Uh, if it, no, I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> One of the things I actually really liked, and this is going to sound very strange, is that I, f- I, had, I felt like I had no control over anything. Right? <laughs> you mean like in terms of responsibility or control? Yes, all of it, right? Yes. Like I didn't feel like I was going to be proposing any changes to the rules. I didn't feel like I was going to be you know, making a special rule for my games. I didn't feel like... You know whether something was broken or something worked out or something was balanced or something was imbalanced. I felt like, holy crap, it is none of my business. I, I don't Absolutely. care even a little bit. Yep. Just along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. And that certainly was very refreshing. I think, especially for 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 the four of us who are a little burnt out on IFGS to some extent, or certainly even when we're not burnt out, we feel a lot of responsibility to sort of help things move well and to do right by. IFGS as a whole, and so to come into this where all you got to do is show up and, and have fun and do whatever the hell you want is, uh, yeah, it was certainly very freeing in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, I have yeah. one other comment, and of course, yeah, you, uh, this gets too long, you can only cut it down, but I found the demographic difference really interesting. There were, I mean, I think the median age was probably 27? Sure. You know, something like that. So lots of uh, what I would say is sort of younger folks, and like there was not a single kid there. You know, the youngest was 16, probably. Okay. Um, and so the and I I just realized how much there is that the history of IFGS also leads to sort of an age of IFGS. That IFGS has older players than that, and we have lots of people who have kids or um, you know would would bring younger kids to events and things like that. And so it was it was just when thinking about a system that is very much focused on these these all-weekend events, I yeah. think that also brings with it sort of like a, and so, you know, parents probably mostly need not apply. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean... Unfriendly, based on its model. Right. Yes. Well, and, and I, I mentioned that to Mike, the fact that, you know, it wouldn't have mattered if I thought Alliance was the best role-playing game I had ever seen. Right. It wasn't going to work for me, right? Yeah. I, I can't do five weekends a year. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I can do one. I'm not sure I can do one, exactly. Like, I, I'm going to try and do one this year, mm-hmm. but it's a big... <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah, I don't... I, don't act, I mean, I may try and make it out for basically a day, but right. I'm not sure that a weekend is, gonna, is really even vaguely possible. Yeah, it's, so it's... Yeah. I mean, I, I'm really interested to see how I 
so personally, I have a I have a lot of sense that I would I will find it hard to role play nonstop for days <laughs> on end. And but I'm interested to see how I would handle it. So so that's my I'm I am interested to see what it's like to be in a place where there's a lot of essentially downtime or what we would call downtime in IFGS time free time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and just to sort of see how I handle it when yeah. that's what the game is about. Totally. Yeah. Interesting. We'll just do it the same way I did in the AMP card. Just role play all the time. Right. <laughs> we'll take a little break, and when we come back, we are going to have the five questions for Dwell, since Jeff has already done this uh, maybe twice now. So, yeah, yeah we're so. going to run Jeff through that. So, anyways, we'll be right back. Okay. You mean what me? You, you yep. said we're going to run Jeff through that, not me. You did. Oh, did I? Oh. Right there at the end. You okay. said, he already done it, so we're going to run Jeff through that. But I think we'll all be okay. Well, in a few minutes, we'll be right back with the five questions for Joelle. Uh, she hasn't done this yet. Jeff has, so he's going to sit and listen. And uh, we'll have the five questions for Joelle, so we'll be right back. We're back. <laughs> Yay. Um, great. So we're going to do the five questions, the famous five questions. Um, and in this case, we're going to do them for Joelle. Mike, are you ready for to hit her up with the very first of the five questions? Yes. Honey, sweetie, love of my life. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best class, Monk? <laughs> so I know the correct monk? answer is Knight, which was my first class. <laughs> but for me, actually, thief. <laughs> thief. Interesting. Okay. I know why. You had a lot of fun last year when you played your thief in Ray's game, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, let's be cl let's be clear. That now, when you say thief, do you mean is the do you mean thief is your favorite class, or do you mean that thief is the best class? Because favorite class, you can have any class you want. That's an opinion question. <laughs> what is the what is the best class is a fact question. So that's so that that's the concerning part. So I, I know that knight is the most powerful class, but okay. for me, wait, wait, but for me, thief is actually the most effective class. Okay, fair enough. Oh, and if and if you play AAP, it's actually a you can actually claim thief if you want. I I will. You guys saw it last year. I I well at least Mike and Will did. I was behind like every character we talked to and it was I, w I went missing and then all of a sudden I was there. <laughs> well, Joel and I talked about this a little bit. Being a knight in IFGS, you're, you sort of have to be the one that holds the line, right? You sort of have an, uh, a sense of responsibility on you for your team. Uh, especially when you're talking about like a six-on-six -six fight. Like I feel like as the knight you gotta... You it's gotta your job to take four of them. Exactly. Yep. And, and so if you and don't you enjoy that and you don't enjoy that pressure... I can see thief or knight not being maybe the best class for you, and I think that was Joelle and I talked about that. That it's a lot of pressure, and in fact, but, when I play Owen, I feel that pressure. But again, that's that's a different question, right? <laughs> what is the best class? I mean, given a, 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 the same person, right, an average person of of no particular attributes, which class would give them the best, the most number of advantages? What's the best class for me? It's a very different question. Well, and the, and the whole issue of the responsibility comes from the fact that you're not playing on a team of knight, 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 cleric, right? There's a reason if I like it's it. all knights and a cleric, then we can have a sneaky knight. It's no problem to have a sneaky knight. Yeah, exactly. Out. 
but I, I mean, haven't played that. I, I've played on that team and still had but that. If, but were you? A, were, did you play a sneaky knight? No. See, I, think yeah. that's I didn't know how sneaky. Are you, are you talking about chameleon? Which no, was chameleon was was knight knight. Mage, um, mage, cleric. mage, mage, cleric. See, okay. I thought chameleon was knight, knight, good night. <laughs> it was um no 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 what was the uh why can I never remember the name of it the one where we had Matt with us um, oh Agents that, of the Heartwood yes oh, all right we did have a lot that of knights was, on that team too that was knight maybe was you were mage it was yeah, we had, we had a very knight like druid we had a yes, druid a cleric we had a knight like cleric we had a knight like druid a knight. <laughs> Um, what were you playing? What were you playing? I was playing a knight like cleric. Yeah, oh, that's right. Cleric. I was playing Void, pretending he was Owen. <laughs> that's right. So we had me as, as Ellie, and then Owen. So both two knights, and then Shane was playing cleric. Cleric, but it's sort of sort of a knight like cleric. I don't well, know. passive cleric. He, he skipped into <laughs> battle. So. Okay. Next question. Will you got it? Oh, there are more questions. Yeah. <laughs> Um, go. Right. Um, overall, what was your favorite game? Um, I would have to say the the game we played. What, why can I not think of the name of it? Um, Trial by Fire. Not, Trial by Fire, not Warm Safe Happy Place. Last year's winner of Game of the Year, in fact. It was. I had, like I said, I, I found my class. So that was the big thing. Was cool. I really enjoyed playing with you guys and with Dia, and then we got to be evil, but there was still lots of giggling, and um, we were all around mean. And I, I had fun playing thief and being behind every single character, which turned out to be a boon in in the final um, talking bit. Yes. For a little white. Yeah. <laughs> that was slick, Will. <laughs> <laughs> so if your if your favorite character had to die, uh, how would you want him or her to go out? Um, I want to live forever. <laughs> I want to learn how to fly. Hi. Um, let's see. So most likely my favorite character would be the one that I played in Trial by Fire. Um... What's the name of that character? Hmm. <laughs> what was the name I gave in the game? Was it it was patience? I think so. Patience or virtue or chastity or something. <laughs> okay, so your your favorite character's name is Adjective. <laughs> and how would you like her to go out if it is um, in fact a her? I, it's different for each character, and I sort of have several. I mean, I have three characters, but and one of them I really, really don't care about, and the other one I haven't played as a PC yet. So, um, I think for her, I'd want it to be the ultimate act of betrayal. Like she gets betrayed, or she gets knocked on the head because she was the betrayer. Uh, yes. Yes. Got it. Comeuppance, as it were. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, fair enough. So what is the one thing you wish you could change about the IFGS? Does it have to be one? One. Yes. <laughs> Live fire archery. All right. Two, two in a row. I know, right? Yeah. Here, and I thought it was going to be something like extra-dimensional locker space or something. 
I would like live fire archery. I've I've done it. I'm I'm decent at it. I enjoy it. It adds a element of danger and <laughs> don't not, say that. Not physical danger, but danger I know. I'm just a, saying a character. That is, that is the main objection to live fire archery, right? If yes. you mention live fire archery, everyone goes like, "You're gonna poke out my eye," or like. I'm going to have my testes ruptured by an arrowhead, or I don't know what the fuck the problem is, but it's everyone thinks it's incredibly, is the issue. incredibly dangerous, and I've, I, yeah. It's, it's uh, sorry, then I would say it's a added level of action, because you're having to pay attention Perfect. to that, as totally. well as, um, because, I mean, archery in the other game, you're, oh, sorry, archery in, in I have just now, you're aiming, shouting, and pointing. Yes. And so that's, and then more shouting. Yeah, and then more shouting because nobody hears you and it yeah. feels sort of useless. But if somebody's fighting somebody else and you see a back and you're like, ooh, I can hit that. Thump. And so you draw your bow and thump and they know they got hit with something. And they turn around and you hold up five fingers. and Exactly. And yeah. and then the other, yeah, it's getting that, it does get, it would get their um, attention and it would cause them to possibly turn around and have your, teammate beat the crap out of them from the other side because they're distracted. If you could get one person, fictional or real, alive or dead, to play on your team, who would it be and why? So not to go with everybody else in a way, but um, Summer Glau. Yeah, I, yeah. And <laughs> so, so actually Summer Glau, not like River or... Yes, yeah, Summer Glau. Or the Terminator or... <laughs> Because she, she played a LARPer in Knights of the Badastum. Sure. So she sort of knows what she's doing. Um, I think she'd be really fun it, if you watch some of the behind-the-scenes stuff from Firefly. Um, she seems like the person that's sort of in the middle of it all and, and being silly. and or just. But you can tell that she can play a serious character. Um, so, yeah, I think she'd be a well-rounded person, and she's fairly fit, and she'd be really fun to play with. Um, as a or role play off of and and have at your side fighting with. Well, I think that will do it. It's sort of a long episode tonight, but by um, the way, note Mike that she didn't choose you to play on our team. I understand. He's played on every team because I will only play on teams with Mike. So that's a well. Then that was the answer. Wasn't no, no, it? he he is neither fictional nor real, <laughs> or alive nor dead. <laughs> well, no, he just have made one of the criteria. He's Schrodinger's PC. <laughs> I, I only play on teams with him, so that's still a moot point because I wouldn't be playing other, if he wasn't on the team. Well, that also explains the thief comment, right? If you only play with him, then you always have a knight on your team. <laughs> he has a mage, and he's played the mage multiple times. Played uh -huh. the some. He vanished in some necro nexus realm yeah, he's right gone. now. Uh, yes. He's gone now. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you. I want to. I want to take a moment and uh, first of all plug Alliance. I feel like we we talked about them quite a bit. And, uh, if you want to find out more information about Alliance, you can go to NeroHQ.com. 
can go to AllianceDenver.com. That's the Denver local chapter. They also have a Facebook group. If you just search for Alliance Denver, you can find that and join that group uh, and find out more about them. I want to thank them without them knowing. I mean, if any of them listen to this podcast ever, uh, we didn't get the Then they really, need, they really need less spare time. <laughs> we, we sort of came on and, and talked to them about them and, and hopefully not judged them too much, but gave a good comparison contrast with IFGS and, and sort of I, I just want to thank them for letting us and welcoming us in to, to try out their game and, and talk about it at least here without their permission. So Yeah, if any of if any of them hears this and they have stuff they want to say or rebuttals they want to make or whatever, they they're welcome to Yeah, yeah that'd be super fun. That'd be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe what we'll do is uh you know, in a couple episodes if we try out their game a little bit more or something like that, maybe we'll have one of them on as a guest and and see if they can, you know, talk about their game a little bit from their point of view. I, I just had a thought that it since they're franchise and Jesse owns the Denver Alliance LARP, we, we could get in trouble for this. So. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you're allowed to talk about anything you want. It's yeah. true. Does that I mean, only for, the Third Amendment? It's a, along with giving their website, I think we could say that their fighter practices are Sundays at 2 in Arvada. Yep. And so if folks wanted to get some some foam swinging experience um, in when when our IFGS events are still sort of on down down season. That's it's pretty fun. They're, they're a great good group to to play with, and it certainly can't hurt your your general foam skills. Yep, sounds great. Well, thanks everyone, and uh, so I think we're gonna end it here. And uh, yeah, remember, fighters fight. Fighters fight. <laughs>